Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, we're going to hear about the Main Street Tax Certainty Act in the U.S. House of Representatives and why the president of the National Federation of Independent Businesses thinks it is so important for them to make it permanent. We're also going to get ready for flu season One of the largest influenza vaccine providers in the world's chief health officer joins us to tell us why getting it early is so important. Also today on Special Edition, information for our area's veterans. We're joined by the Undersecretary for Health at the Veterans Health Administration, who tells us that the Wilkes-Barre VA Medical Center got some very high marks across the country and why veterans in our area should be very excited about that. Area veterans should also be excited because there is a long list of invitations out there at local events for area veterans. We'll run down just a few. Starting us off, two Cancer Day survivor celebrations are coming up. Amanda Marcajani, the Community Relations Coordinator with the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute, and the chair of both of the events, Susan Drumgold, are here to tell us where, when, and, of course, issue you the invitation to be there. Amanda, I can't believe it. It's already that time of year. We have the annual Cancer Survivors Day events that are coming up. First of all, why don't we have you tell us about the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute. Sure. Thank you so much, Paula, for having us today. So the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute has been in Northeastern Pennsylvania for more than 30 years. We are an information and referral organization. So anyone that has questions related to cancer, um, we say that we're your cancer compass. So if you have questions, you can call our office. We have an oncology social worker on staff and um, a registered nurse that fields information calls about, I have cancer, what does that mean for me? We really want to get individuals' questions answered that have been affected by cancer, are going through cancer, and even information just about survivorship because we know that uh, the journey doesn't end after cancer. So we really want to be a resource for anyone that has questions and they can always call our office and talk to a real person. And give us that information because with all of that, especially before, during, after, the future, 
there are a lot of questions. Yes, absolutely. And we know that cancer just doesn't affect that individual person. It affects their whole entire family. So our website is cancernepa.org. Or individuals can call our office. It's 570-904-8808. And what can they expect when they do contact cancernepa.org or they call the number and they do have these questions? Because sometimes it's a very daunting conversation to even start. So what do they find when they do make that connection? I would say they find someone that will listen to them, that is compassionate and empathetic to what they're going through. We have staff that has years of experience related to cancer and helping individuals through this this process and this journey. And if we don't directly provide the service, we will find resources for that individual and give them um, information to organizations or resources that do help them along the way. And you do also have all of that information, including things from screenings to heredity. Yes, we have a lot of information um, on our website and some of the other services that we provide that you had mentioned is the screening. So we have a program that is helping get individuals in our community up to date on breast cervical, colon, and lung cancer screenings. Based on the type of screening that you need, and um, once you complete that screening, we do have incentivized individuals with um, gift cards for that particular population. A lot of it has been on an underinsured, and then the lung screenings are for insured individuals. We are having conversations with people and trying to break down barriers uh, to screening, whether that's transportation, childcare, just not having a primary care physician. So we try to get individuals connected with a primary care physician so that this just isn't a one-time screening process. It is an ongoing taking care of yourself year after year journey. And I think one of the other things as I look at the website is that there's also prevention, which a lot of people may say, oh, it's inevitable, it's going to happen. But You folks are out there saying there are things you can do and melding in with that is eliminating tobacco use and you can help folks do that too. Yes, we do have resources that we can provide individuals related to tobacco cessation. So really any questions that anyone has, if it is tobacco or something else that you're unsure of, we really can help give individuals peace of mind and resources to help them. Nope, the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute, your place to be. And you folks are going to be out and about because, as I said at the beginning, we're at Survivor Celebration. Yay, Amanda, when are these happening? These are happening um, Saturday, September 23rd in Kirby Park in Wilkesbury, And then the following Saturday, September 30th at McDade Park in Scranton. The registration for the events begin at 10 a.m. each morning, and then the event begins at 10.30. It is free to anyone that's been affected by cancer diagnosis. So we have survivors there, healthcare professionals, doctors, community members rallying around individuals. Our staff will be on hand as well. And really, this event helps fulfill our mission of easing the burden of cancer in northeastern Pennsylvania. Individuals that come to the event, we have survivor ribbons, we have caregiver pins. So it's a way to connect with people that have gone through the experience of cancer or been affected in some way. And really the main portion of it is what we call the circle of survivors. So 
that is where we all stand in a circle and individuals can share an inspirational thought or a message that about their cancer experience. It sounds like if someone hasn't ever been there, they should go just to be part of that circle because oh, what a feeling when everybody has that conversation. That being said, I'd now like to bring into the conversation Sue Drumgold. She is the chair of both the Cancer Day Survivor Celebrations. And Sue, how did you get involved in all of this? I moved to Scranton from New York six years ago. I saw it advertised. So I went to McDade Park and I became involved in it. It's a great program. It's amazing every year you see some of the same familiar faces in the circle of survivors and you meet some new people that might have just started the cancer path. I am 13 years cancer free. So, um, congratulations program. 13 uh, years. That's wonderful. And, uh, each year since I've been here in Scranton on my anniversary date, which is July 23rd, I bring breakfast goodies to an organization this past July The Scranton Animal Hospital got treats because in April we had to put our cat down who also had cancer. They were the ones that got the breakfast goodies this year. That's what I was talking about with Amanda. Since you've been there now, have you taken part in the Circle of Survivors? Uh, Yes, I've been doing it for like the last five years. They didn't do it during the pandemic, but I've been to everyone since then. What's that been like? Oh, it's wonderful. Again, you see, sometimes you see the same people that you've met two or three years ago and you can, you know, see their progress and, you know, they're in remission. And then there's always a few new people that might join the circle because they're just starting their journey in a cancer thing. And then you have the caretakers. And then, of course, you do hear some stories of people that passed away during the year because of their illness. But again, they're there for the support, which is a wonderful thing. You had your cancer before you moved to the area. Correct. And when you got here, did you find that it was a different experience than what you had? Or do you find that that's one of the concrete things that all of people, no matter where it happens, has in common. It's very common. They're very understanding. I actually saw this on a website, too, because I had to find an oncologist moving from one state to the other. So you have resources for that sort of thing, who's in your medical insurance and all of that. And just like Amanda was saying, just to have the support and talk to somebody that's going through the same thing. And that's where you are on equal ground. So here you are, the chairperson. Wow, what kind of responsibilities you must have when you're out there being the chairperson. Do you have any guidance for us? Oh, that was an honor. That was an honor when I got the email from Amanda asking me to be the chair. I have given to... Northeast Cancer Institute many times. I've lost um, a couple dear friends of mine last May to cancer, so I gave in honor of them. My mother also had it, so it's 
It's a very, very good program. Absolutely. And we're thrilled to have you here with us, giving everybody all this great information today. Now let's go back to Amanda and find out, Amanda, how does the day work when you get to either one of the events? Really, registration, um, you just come and we will give you your ribbons or your caregiver pin. And then you kind of just have conversations with individuals. A lot of times you might see someone that has the same type of ribbon color that you have based on the type of cancer that you've had. And it's just a way for individuals to connect, know that they're not alone and know that they have support in the community and individuals that have gone through this that they might not have had during their treatment or now, you know, during their survivorship, they, they can kind of connect and, and see, we always often see a lot of individuals return year after year. So that's kind of a way for us to say hello, check in with how individuals are doing. And yes, we have individuals that might see, you know, a public service announcement we have or hear this interview and it, hopefully it speaks to them and gives them you know, the little nudge that they might need to know that there is support and they do have the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute and individuals that um, can rally around them and just give them a little bit of comfort and hope throughout their experience. And Amanda, if someone is hearing this and they're saying, I think I'd like to go and I'd like to get other folks to go with me, no matter what their situation is, how can they go about doing that? Can they just stop by or is there a process? They could register on our website, cancernepa.org, or call our office again, 570-904-8808. Or if they just decide the morning, walk-ins are also welcomed. Um, Because it's a free event, you can just decide that morning that you want to come and uh, share in the event. We really just want to thank all of our sponsors for this event and um, just all of the individuals that come year after year. Without them, this event wouldn't be possible. And we're just happy to be able to provide this program for cancer survivors, their families, and, and the community at large. We just encourage everyone to dress for the weather because the event is outdoors and will take place rain or shine at the parks. We also, one of our services is we provide community programming. So any organization, big or small, that wants information about fun safety, tobacco, breast cancer, cervical cancer, um, anything related to cancer, we can provide programs for that. We free, it's part of our mission of easing the burden of cancer in Northeastern Pennsylvania. So you can just reach out to us on our website, cancernepa.org, or call our office 570-904-8808. And we can try to put a program together for your organization. Sue, I'm now going to come back to you. Amanda had all the details as to where and when all this is happening, but you, as the chairperson, I'm going to turn the microphone over and let you be the official inviter of everyone to come and enjoy these days. Okay. Cancer Survivor Day, September 23rd, 2023 at Kirby Park in Wilkes-Barre and September 30th at McDade Park. Registration starts at 10. The event starts at 10.30. It's free, come rain or shine. And it's a wonderful program and I hope to see everybody there. Thanks once again to Amanda Marcajani, Community Relations Coordinator with the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute, and Susan Drumgold, the chair of both those Cancer Day Survivor Celebrations coming up, one, September 23rd, 
Kirby Park, Wilkes-Barre. The second one, September 30th, McDade Park in Scranton. And you can find out all the information by going to Northeast Regional Cancer Institute. I hope you can stay with me on Special Edition. Coming up next, we're going to find out about the recent four out of five stars for quality care for veterans at the Wilkes-Barre VA Medical Center. We're going to talk with the Undersecretary for Health at the Veterans Health Administration. And while we're talking about veterans, there are so many local events out there for area veterans. We want to get the word out about just some of them and tell you where you can find information on the rest. That's next on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. The Wilkes-Barre VA recently received four out of five stars for quality care for veterans. The Undersecretary for Health at the Veterans Health Administration, Dr. Sharif Elinal, joins us now with details on what that means for our area veterans. Then coming up, we're going to be getting the word out about just some of the many local events for area veterans and where you can find out more about others. But first, let's join Dr. Sharif Elinal with more on that report on the Wilkes-Barre VA. Dr. Elnahal, first, let's have you tell everybody exactly what your position is with the VA. Sure. I am the Undersecretary for Health at the Department of Veterans Affairs, the official who is responsible for all of the VA hospitals, clinics, and nursing homes across the country. And that is very many. When you're talking about across the country, there are so many of these facilities. And why is it important at this time that you are speaking out about the healthcare facilities? Well, we're speaking out for a couple of reasons. The first is that we just had a release of a comprehensive overall star rating on the quality of care that we provide. And it's the same star rating that all hospitals in the country are assessed against. And the good news is that the uh, Wilkes-Barre VA Medical Center is a five-star out of five, and that 67% of VA medical centers across the country score when one of the top two ratings, four or five stars out of five. And so we know that when vet, more and more veterans trust us with their care, we know their outcomes are better based on this star rating, but also many studies that have been done that directly compare VA care to non-VA care. Well, good news for our area because that's right here in our backyard. And when we're talking about facilities such as the VA here in our area, you mentioned the fact that there are veterans going to, don't all veterans go to the VA for care? Not all veterans come to VA for care. We want to encourage more and more veterans to apply for benefits. And there's a once in a lifetime opportunity to do that because of a piece of legislation that President Biden signed last August called the PACT Act. Overall, that legislation expands care options for veterans exposed to toxic substances during their service to include burn pits in the post-9-11 conflicts in the first Gulf War, but also more conditions and more deployment areas for Agent Orange exposure in Vietnam. And one of those opportunities to enroll for care expires on September 30th for post-9-11 veterans who were discharged before October 1st, 2013. You have an opportunity to directly enroll for VA healthcare regardless of what your conditions or exposures might be. And so for those veterans, we really want folks to go to va.gov 
slash P-A-C-T to apply for health care. And we have heard so much about the PACT Act that I didn't realize that that portion of it was going to be expiring. At this point in time, then, you've given the information. Would it be prudent for veterans to maybe go directly to the VA and get in contact with them and tell them that they might be in this situation before the end of the month? Absolutely. So especially, again, for those veterans deployed to anywhere in Central Command, after the first Gulf War or the post-9-11 conflicts, you can visit any VA medical center to apply for healthcare in person. You can go to va.gov slash PACT, or you can call 1-800-MY-VA-411, again, before September 30th, for that direct opportunity to enroll for healthcare, regardless of any other elements of your exposures or conditions. So please do apply if you fall within that cohort. It's an opportunity that expires by the end of the month. Now, of course, that would be one of the big reasons why veterans should be at the VA. But are there other reasons that veterans would be better served going to the VA for any type of condition? Absolutely. So this star rating shows that when you compare us pound for pound with civilian sector hospital options, we perform better overall. And the Wilkes-Barre VA in particular performs extremely well. On top of that, it's important to note that it's Suicide Prevention Month. Veterans are at higher risk for suicide than the general population, uh, given the trauma that many experience during their service. Please don't wait and reach out if you know a veteran who might be vulnerable to this. We know that when veterans receive VA care, their overall less likely to die by suicide when considering all of the other risk factors than if they don't get VA care. And that's because we have the best mental health professionals across the country and also because these professionals are particularly trained for mental health conditions that veterans commonly experience. When it comes to talking about veterans and getting VA care, wouldn't it have seemed like that would be a natural thing? Are there other reasons that you have found over the years that maybe they didn't go to the VA? And what would change their mind other than, you know, hearing this and that they get, well, I guess because the VA would have more information about everything that's going on. Well, many veterans have uh, many options for their care. They might have other health insurance or Medicare. And so they have options in front of them. And we want veterans to know that the VA can be there for them and that we perform very well compared uh, to our counterparts. We also know that a lot of veterans have tried to get into VA healthcare before, and maybe they've had uh, an experience that wasn't commensurate with the care that they have earned. What we're asking humbly is to re-earn the trust of those veterans. Please try us again. We've improved a lot over the years, especially over the last 10 15 years when we've had a particular focus on quality, patient safety, and the veteran experience. And so we hope to earn back your trust to have you try us out for care again. And when you mentioned the four and five stars for our area VA here, how is that determined? That's a uh, rating that looks at multiple different components of what we call overall hospital quality and patient safety. So different metrics that have to do with adverse events or medical errors that might occur in the medical center. All of that's incorporated. The patient experience surveys that we send to every veteran who's discharged after an experience being admitted to our hospital, that's included things like how often we have to readmit veterans into care if their uh, concerns and their issues weren't resolved the first time. So it's a pretty comprehensive rating that looks at multiple different areas. And so we're really proud 
of these results and particularly proud of the Wilkes-Barre VA for being one of our top VA medical centers across the country. Is there any way that veterans who may be hearing this would be able to get to that information so that they could read it for themselves? Absolutely. So you can uh, just Google CMS Care Compare, and uh, right there you can search any hospital in your region. For the first time, VA medical centers will come up, and you can compare our rating to other options for care in any region. You can also go to va.gov slash PACT and va.gov overall to learn more about our services. Well, before I have to let you go, is there anything that maybe we haven't touched on yet that you would like to make sure that our local veterans know about? Just to make sure that particularly this month when we're focused on preventing veteran suicide and getting our outreach campaign to as many veterans as possible, please reach out to a veteran who you might be concerned about and tell them about the VA. We also have the Veterans Crisis Line dial 988 and press 1, and you'll be connected to an expert who knows how to help veterans in crisis. Uh, So getting the word out on that will be really important this month and beyond. And once again, give us those website information so that everybody has it right at their fingertips. Absolutely. You can go to va.gov slash PACT to learn more about the once-in-a-lifetime enrollment opportunities that have come since the president signed the PACT Act into law last year. You can also call 1-800-MY-VA-411 to learn more about all the services that the VA provides. And those are the two ways that you can learn more about what we can offer at VA. Dr. Elnahal, if you ever get up in our area in order to tour the facility, by all means, make sure you let us know. Thanks so much. I'll take you up on that. Thanks once again to Dr. Sharef Elenal, the Undersecretary for Health at the Veterans Health Administration in the Department of Veterans Affairs. Now I'd like to welcome Jennifer Spittler. She is the Regional Program Outreach Coordinator with the Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. The DMVA is getting the word out about the local events that area veterans are invited to. There are quite a few of them. So Jennifer's just going to run down some of them, then tell you where you can find out about so many more. Jennifer is here, and if anybody knows anything about veterans and what's happening throughout the area, it is you. Give us an update. What have you got going on? Thank you, Paula. Yes, at the DMVA, our program, PA Vet Connect, you know, we work among uh, five different regions across the state, working, connecting with different various veterans resources and veterans and their families to those resources, vice versa. And so a lot of that really is looking at the landscape within each of our regions and seeing what's happening and sharing that with our community. So coming up this fall, um, there's a lot of Really amazing events, whether it's to give back to the community, the veterans community where you live locally, or just to help get involved with some of the resources if you might need or are looking for things. Some big events that we have coming to the Northeast PA region. One most, I will say, because we're hosting it, is uh, the Department of Military and Veterans Affairs is partnering with the Bloomsburg Fair on their Military Appreciation Day. On September 27th, on that day, veterans retired and active duty do get in free that day. And there's going to be a ton of different things happening throughout the entire day to celebrate. Uh, we will be hosting a town hall from 4 to 5.30. We'll have a panel series 
of different speakers on different uh, resource needs. So Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs will be there to talk about these state benefits for veterans. We will have someone there from the Pennsylvania National Guard Soldier and Family Readiness Program. We will have someone from the Scranton Vet Center, the Wilkes-Barre VA Medical Center, all talking about various different issues. But because this month um, in September is also self-care awareness month, um, we really want to focus on those care providers that work with our veterans. So really looking at the respite care, the, the care to help support our veterans to con- continue what they do. So again, that one's on September 27th at the Bloomsburg Fair. Um, another event we have coming up that's later in the fall in November, Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs is partnering with the Wilkes-Barre VA Medical Center's um, Veterans Community Partnership Coalition, and they're hosting the first annual Veterans Community Partnership Wellness Summit. And this is an all-day training event that's going to be held at Wilkes University. They're individuals who work in in healthcare looking for continuing education credits or medical units will be able to receive those during that day. There's going to be a lot of different interesting breakout discussions on trauma-informed care, grounding, breathing techniques. So this is a really unique opportunity to bring a lot of different Um, amazing organizations, veteran organizations that are doing work in the Northeast PA area to promote health and wellness among the veterans in our community. And this is really about working more closely with our healthcare providers in the region to to further that, um, to further that knowledge. So those are some of the things. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So for those interested in learning all the things that I just rambled off very quickly of what's happening and even more of what's happening, you can visit us at dmva.pa.gov. And there, if you search for PA Vet Connect, there you can connect with any one of us, like myself. You know, if you live in Pittsburgh or if you end up, you have family that live in different parts of the state that you want to get them connected to local resources and events. It's not just myself. I have counterparts across the state that we do do exactly the same work on these events. So again, that is dmva.pa.gov. There's an awful lot and there's even um, coming up which will be on September 18th. You've got a medical center job fair coming up yep. and you've got yep. the the senior resource fair, Caring Hearts, Wyoming oh, Valley. Almost everywhere throughout the NEPA region, we're at a senior fair almost every week this month, which is not a bad thing. I'm happy we're there. You're already into November too with, yeah. with things that are coming up. So where again, Jennifer, can folks get all of the information and more importantly, not only the information, but can get their questions answered because sometimes our veterans have a lot of questions and they need a place to turn. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're we're here to help answer a lot of those questions so they can visit us at dmva.pa.gov. You can search in the military veteran section, uh, PA Vet Connect. You can also, if you want to receive a weekly digest that comes into your inbox uh, every week, on everything that's happening across the state, there's a Pennsylvania veteran registry and you don't have to be a veteran to register in that you would receive a weekly email that kind of touches a little bit of of some of the things we talked about, um, but it covers everything across the state and any legislation that's in that they're talking about to help further benefits for veterans across the state too. But locally to get connected to one of us visiting PA Vet Connect, 
on our website is the best way to do that. And we can help answer any of those questions. Anything that you think I may have left out? (laughs) I don't think so. Like I said, this trying to look at a better way to deliver all of this stuff happening. We do have a group of folks that don't use email as much. They're not using the digestive, but there is a large network, whether it be the people that we work with or the organizations or families that are utilizing or looking for something like this. So we're trying to figure out a better way to deliver information of until we can figure out our internal systems to set up a, you know, a calendar or something for now, it's just sending out a diet. Like if people send us things going to hundreds of people within our network across the region to help spread it. So um, we know there's a little bit of something in there for everybody. There's a lot, which is great. It's, it's great that there are so many wonderful things happening for veterans in our region. So we're happy to see that. Jennifer Spittler, Regional Program Outreach Coordinator for the Northeastern PA region, always has great information for all of our area veterans. She is with the Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. And if you would like to find more information, you can always go to dmva.pa.gov. You can go to the Pennsylvania DMVA Veteran Registry or Pennsylvania Vet Connect. And also, just as a reminder, that Veterans Crisis Line number is 988, then press the number 1. Don't go away. Coming up next, we're going to get ready for flu season and find out what's happening to help small businesses on Special Edition. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. In this segment of Special Edition, we're going to be talking with the president of the National Federation of Independent Businesses about the Main Street Tax Certainty Act that's in the U.S. House of Representatives and why it's so important for small businesses. 
Starting us off, though, we meet Dr. Greg Sylvester. He is the chief health officer at CSL Circus, one of the largest influenza vaccine providers in the world. Dr. Sylvester tells us it's that time to get your flu shot, and he's going to explain why getting it early is so important. Dr. Sylvester, this is going to be one of those topics that people are going to hear and say, is it that time already? The flu season. Now what do we need to know? Well, it's not quite the flu season, but it is the season to get vaccinated. September and October, we start to see flu here in the United States, but it gives us the chance to get ahead of the virus and be vaccinated. So kids are heading back to school. We're finished with our Labor Day weekend. Our our summer, for all practical purposes, is over, and now it's ready to, to hunker down. And one of the things that we should be doing as we get ready for the fall season is to go out and get vaccinated with our annual influenza vaccine. Well, you know what that means, Dr. Sylvester, that there are also people who are listening to this saying, no, I'm not going to do that because every time I get the flu shot, I get sick. So what do you say to that? Well, I, I say that I understand. I, I, I've not felt well after I sometimes get my flu shot. But I will say that the chances of me getting severely ill with influenza are dramatically uh, diminished if I do get a flu vaccine. So I'm willing to feel bad for a day or two knowing that my chance of ending up in the hospital and anything worse than that is, is, um, is dramatically um, reduced. And so I understand, and you know, these are recommendations. And so I'm recommending, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends, and all of the medical societies that take care of primary care all recommend annual flu vaccine. So I'm not the only one out there. the, the, The evidence is overwhelming that flu vaccines help prevent severe disease. And when we talk about severe disease, in your estimation, do you have any feeling or any anything that may have come along that might tell us that this season might be different, good or bad, rather than last year? Yeah, so I think you're raising a good point. People do get influenza, and it's a mild disease. Let's let's not let's not scare anybody. People get influenza, and it's a moderate disease, and they end up having to stay home and. People get severe disease and they end up in the hospital. A year ago here in the United States, our last flu season, the 22-23 influenza season, we had over 300,000 people end up in the hospital. Now, that doesn't tell us if we're going to have more or less this year. But what we did see is an early flu season last year, and we've seen an early flu season in the Southern Hemisphere. So this is a good time to be vaccinated in case flu arrives early here in the United States. And other than the fact that we're talking age difference, is there a difference in a flu vaccine for children and adults? Well, yes, there are. Um, And in fact, um, everyone in the United States is recommended to get a flu vaccine if they're six months and older. It does turn out that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommend an enhanced or higher antigens or an adjuvant in for people that are 65 and plus. But in fairness, anybody can get any one of the vaccines if you're 
in a younger age group, except those those ones that I just referred to. So, so if I'm a pediatrician, if, if someone comes to see me, I can give them an, uh, an influenza vaccine that I can give to a six-month-old, a 16-year-old, a 26-year-old, or a 46-year-old. I don't take care of older population, but if someone goes to their pharmacist or their primary care, if they're 65 plus, they get a little a slightly different vaccine. And while we're talking about that, as far as getting the vaccine, we're finding out that there are more opportunities to get it. Does it make a difference where we get the vaccine? No, I think it's important to keep your primary care um, uh, physician or your healthcare provider up to date so that he and she, she or she can put it in your medical records. But there are plenty of opportunities. At one time, they used to provide them at, at work, and we're, we're, with us working so remotely nowadays, much of that has started to go away. But every one of your local neighborhood pharmacies typically has a flu vaccine. Uh, uh, public health clinics have flu vaccines, and many, many of our primary care physicians carry flu vaccines. So there's, there's very little uh, excuse not to get a flu vaccine this year. Well, that's exactly what I meant, because there are so many places out there that you would think that people are taking the opportunity in order to do that, because it's not like you have to just make an appointment and go. Sometimes they're at walk-in sites. So where can we go to learn more about all of this? Because there are people, again, that are listening and some are skeptical, I'm sure. But you're the man to ask as far as the benefits that that you derive from it. Well, I will say that that um, it's, it's okay to be skeptical, but then it's those. But then let's look at the the data and then make some conformed decisions. And so, there's two places that we can go to cdc.gov. They've got a wonderful thing on on influenza, a wonderful section on influenza and vaccines and treatment and all the rest. Or just as easily, you can go to flu flu.com, and then we can talk about the virus. We can talk about vaccines and anything else. And so. There's two wonderful resources that people can learn more about the flu and then have them make the decision when they want to go get their annual flu shot. Dr. Sylvester, I'm going to give you the last word then. Is there anything that we may have left out or that you would like to reiterate to our audience when it comes to the flu vaccine and the upcoming flu season? Well, Paula, I I think we've done it all. I I just would say one more time, anyone that's six months of age and older is recommended to get an annual flu vaccine. And so if you fit in that category from six to 600 years old, then go out and get your flu vaccine. And the best time to do it is September and October. But if for some reason you miss it, then make sure you get it in November or December. So it's important to be vaccinated on a yearly basis. Thanks again to Dr. Greg Sylvester, Chief Health Officer at CSL Securus. Now we'll meet Brad Close, president of the National Federation of Independent Businesses. He's here to tell us about the Main Street Tax Certainty Act in the U.S. House of Representatives, which would make tax relief permanent for small businesses, something which the NFIB says should be permanent. Kevin, welcome. Nice to have you here with us. And today we're going to talk about something that a lot of folks in our area are very passionate about, and that small businesses. So maybe as part of the introduction, you could explain to our listeners who makes up and exactly what they do, the National Federation of Independent Businesses. 
Thank you for the opportunity, Paula. The National Federation of Independent Business, or NFIB, is the nation's leading small business advocacy organization that advocates on behalf of small business owner members in Washington, D.C., and all 50 state capitals, including Harrisburg. So the, uh, we, our mission is to promote the right of our members to own, operate, and grow their businesses. And a lot of that has to do with state and federal policies. And while we're talking about these state and federal policies, you mentioned Harrisburg, and we actually have a congressman from our state who is from the 11th Congressional District, and that would be Lloyd Smucker. He is proposing something that I'm going to have you tell all our listeners about in case they haven't heard about it. Congressman Lloyd Smucker recently introduced legislation called the Main Street Tax Certainty Act. What this legislation does is it provides tax certainty to small business owners so they can plan for the future. In doing so, it makes permanent the 20% small business deduction that was created as part of the 2017 tax law. Currently, that deduction is scheduled to expire at the end of 2025, and it is NFIB's goal to build broad awareness for both small business owners as well as members of Congress about the importance of this 20% small business deduction to the overall economy. And if you can take that one step further and also explain the difference that is between small businesses and larger businesses. The vast majority of small businesses are organized as pass-through entities, such as S-corporations, LLCs, sole proprietorships, or partnerships, as opposed to those larger corporations that are organized as C-corporations. What this deduction does is it gives 20% or allows those small business owners organized as pass-throughs to deduct up to 20% from their business income, and they plow that right back into the business and increase business investment, increase compensation and benefits, and increase community activity. This 20% small business deduction is the... uh, that one has one of the broadest benefits to those local small businesses that are integral to every community in Pennsylvania. And from your perspective, what would it mean if in 2025 this happens and all of a sudden that Main Street tax certainty expires? If no action is taken by Congress in the next couple of years, that 20% small business deduction will expire in 2025. It would impose a massive tax hike on the vast majority of America's small businesses. And that would be detrimental to the small business economy, which makes up essentially about half of the overall economy, and thus the overall economy. Uh, It would further, if it's not dealt with sooner than that, business owners are going to uh, dial back investment plans, maybe not hire that additional employee, not invest in that new Uh, product line, because they do not have that certainty. So the sooner Congress acts, the better. Talking about that then, when all these small businesses, and as I said, in our area, many and everyone is really passionate about small businesses. Everybody saw what COVID did during that time when people couldn't get out and couldn't go. and, And a lot of small businesses, well, they were able to survive, but by tooth and nail. And is this going to maybe throw them back into 
what that ha- what had happened back then? Yeah, there was no more uncertain time than during COVID. As you said, businesses became as productive as they possibly could. Uh, many took out emergency loans or forgivable loans just to survive that very uncertain time. Business owners, in my opinion, are ready to come out of that uh, malaise that was the pandemic. Uh, Unfortunately, though, they are looking at these artificial barriers, such as these tax increases that are right around the corner. Therefore, Congress should take action sooner rather than later to try to provide that certainty, try to build up that business confidence, and try to help and focus on that small business economy so they may invest, grow, hire, and expand. And that's 20% small business deduction tax. They're trying to make it permanent. Is there anything that we, as the general public and anybody who might be listening, might be able to do in order to encourage Congress to do that? Sure. Small business owners are very integral to their communities. They are very important constituents, just like everybody else is, right? But uh, now is a perfect time over this August recess, and there will be another recess in, in early October. Now is a great time to get this legislation and this issue in front of members of Congress. Urge them to support small businesses. Urge them to provide tax certainty. Urge them to co-sponsor or lend their support to the Main Street Tax Certainty Act. Tell them that the sooner Congress deals with this tax uncertainty, with this pending and scheduled massive tax hike, the better it will be for the small business economy. And what about the NFIB? If people, again, are listening and they're saying, well, maybe they could use some of my help. Is there a way that they would be able to do that as well? NFIB launched an extensive issue campaign in uh, states during the August recess, urging members of Congress to make the 20% small business deduction and passing the Main Street Tax Certainty Act, we are educating small business owners about the value and the importance of this deduction. And yes, while we have 300,000 members currently, we are always looking for more small businesses who want to advocate on their behalf because small business owners are their best advocates. They know how state and federal policies would positively or negatively impact their businesses best. Telling their stories, getting involved, joining NFIB, They can learn more by going to NFIB.com or smallbizdeduction.com. All right. Kevin, anything else that you think we may have left out that uh, we need to get the word out about today while you're here? Uh, The the small business economy is half of the economy. Currently, small businesses' expectations for better business conditions in the future is historically near historic lows. So it would really just benefit small businesses and the small business economy if Congress were to focus on small business issues, if Congress were to uh, act on tax certainty, if they were to push back on overly burdensome regulations, and really just think, get in touch and be in contact with their small business owners. But I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Special Edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.